0: You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast presented by Midco Sports Network. If you love UND athletics but don't have access to Midco Sports Network, you can now stream your favorite North Dakota teams on Midco SN's new streaming platform, Midco Sports Plus. For Summit League hoops, volleyball and softball, Missouri Valley football, the NSIC, high school sports in the Dakotas, and all of Midco SN's original shows, go to midcosn.com slash streaming to sign up today. That's Midco SN and Midco Sports Plus. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. We are taping this on a Tuesday late morning, February the 16th. Alex Seiner, Bill Shaves with you. Bill chilly. It is, it is chilly around the upper Midwest. Grand Fork's not, not alone in that of braving negative temperatures here in the middle of February. Glad that we're both inside as we record this podcast here on, on a sunny, albeit cold, February afternoon.
1: Yesterday, we might have inched over the zero, maybe to about three or four, somewhere in that range, and that broke a streak. And uh, I think we uh sixth best streak uh, of below zero temperatures. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was chilly the last, uh, last week or so. Um, fortunately, no wind, really, to speak of, yeah. and a lot of sunshine.
0: You always have to look on the positive side. By the way, best would not have been the adjective I would have used to describe the streak. But yes, that was essentially the sixth longest one. February 5th, I think, was the last time that it had broken the zero mark. And it did so yesterday on the 15th of February. That's a long time, nearly two weeks of bitter cold. But like you said, yeah, the sun was out. The wind was not bad. It could have been really brutal if we would have had the wind blowing in from the north. But thankfully, that was not the case, especially because... It was the the busiest week of the UND Athletics calendar last week. There were so many events going on, some at home, obviously some on the road as well with softball down in Louisiana and track and field in Brookings and tennis, etc. But what a crazy week for athletics. Busy week for you. And it's, again, just getting started as more and more events continue to pile up as some of the spring sports now get ready to go.
1: Yeah, you know, we were talking again, uh, you know, prior to us recording this, there's just so many things going on right now that we're bound to miss, uh, you know, something. And, uh, you know, you do an awesome job of kind of uh, hitting the recaps on some things. But but you're right. Uh, you know, that one was an interesting weekend because of the two basketballs and hockey uh, on the same weekend but now we kind of flip forward and we kind of uh, we put basketballs in the rearview mirror as far as home contests but then we, we, we kind of go straight to football and uh, it's just fascinating you know um, when you thought about this last fall uh, you know you, you said okay you know, makes sense that uh, if we can do it and we can do it in a way that we feel like we've uh, lowered the likelihood of of obviously transmission and mitigated risks and, and tried to do as best as we can to increase the safety. Um, I still think until you went into 21, you were still probably saying to yourself, you know, like, like a lot of these things we're saying, you know, is this really going to happen? Is this, is this occurring? And uh, it is, it is, you know, as of this recording, you know, we're excited about, you know, playing our first Missouri Valley football game uh, at noon. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, kind of coupled with a couple of hockey games uh, (laughs) tossed around (laughs) it. And so hopefully you're getting a lot of tea and honey and lemon and all of that for your voice, uh, Alex, because you've been, uh, I I don't want to use the word heroic, but maybe in a uh, play-by-play way. You were more heroic because we, we all know who, heroes are our frontline workers and folks that protect us military-wise, our teachers, and uh, all, all of those folks that, right, uh, th- those are the true heroes. And so what we do, you know, we're just lucky to to do what we do.
0: That's well said. Yeah. We, I just, I talk about sports on television and, and you help student, you help these events happen. and And that's important. These are all important things. We don't want to diminish that. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah. It was it was a busy weekend um, for me and our Midwest Sen crew, but yeah, it was a privilege to get to do these games, and it's it's our job, so it's all good. We have been, I've been drinking a, a lot, a lot of tea. <laughs> I should- <laughs> you got to finish that sentence. I've been drinking a lot, dot, 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 of, of tea and lemon and honey and things like that. So uh, feeling good. It'll be a fun weekend ahead as well. And, and you mentioned football. Okay. Let's just talk about that right now. We obviously had a press conference with Weber Schweiger and Danny Freund and Brett Halenka <laughs> yesterday. It's so fun to be talking about this because really, because so many other sports have been going on, and we've been so invested in basketball and hockey specifically, as those sports have really crescendoed here down the stretch, you kind of forget, oh, that's right. Football is happening and it's happening in February and three home games are coming back to back to back in the space of really two and a half weeks. It's fun now that we're we can turn the page to that sport and get excited about fans in the Alaris and Missouri Valley football conference action for the for the first time in UND program history.
1: Yeah, it is uh it is fascinating uh to be playing spring season and you know, I think the games aside, right, because there's been a lot of conversation about having X amount of games maybe during a calendar year. I do believe it is about the other days in the week on how your program manages um, that stress or that load. And uh, and I think our coaching staff has done a tremendous job. I've, I've had a lot of conversations with Bubba about that, is how do you manage that? And I think to some degree, you know, it's it it, taking the long, long approach, right? It's, it's that long, long approach. It's, it is truly Alex, like the, you know, all those, um, you know, soccer teams in Europe having to manage all the fixtures that they have. I mean, you've got to be really thoughtful on what you're putting on the odometer of, of our student athletes. And so that's one, but it is exciting. I, you know, we're usually when you have your first home football game from a staffing standpoint, It's the first game's always like uh, you almost almost say you forgot you you, you forgot how to do it. It, It's not necessarily the case, but you just don't you get into a rhythm actually after game one. And for us, at least we're able to get three right in a row. And amazingly, then 75 percent of our home schedule is done. So (laughs) in, in less than three weeks, because we've got that Thursday game. Mm -hmm. and so yeah i you know it is exciting i i've got to get refocused on on a few things here we've got a really good southern illinois team coming in and you know you could argue the year before i i'm getting my years now mixed up but i think in 19 you know they had a tremendous argument to potentially make the playoffs right and uh it just you know it didn't didn't happen for them, and and you know that happens, right? I mean, we've we've seen it here. And so, at the end of the day, um it should be a really, really fun game. um, but you know, you know we've worked with uh, you know our friends at Spectra, the Alaris Center, um, the Alaris Commission, uh, a group that I'm uh, that I'm kind of I've got together on on a Friday that that includes Jody and his team and, and uh Department of Health and in the county and the city. You know we're 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 continuing to talk so that the fan experience can be a similar experience as to what we're seeing at the Ralph and the Betty.
0: Yeah, that's one of the big things about this weekend and the next couple of weeks, that fan experience side. And we've seen it go seamlessly, I th- from, at least from my perspective. It feels like the home events have been really well put on with, with limited capacity, both at the Ralph and at the Betty this year. Now, again, a new... Venue comes into play with the Alaris Center. What can fans expect when they arrive on Saturday morning to take in a football game, though?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think it's it's similar to what they're seeing at the Ralph and the Betty, if they haven't been there, is the focus has been literally on the game. And, you know, it, it, it really is to play the game. So, not that we're not doing all of the extras, if you will, that surrounds the game to some degree, but we just have to be that much more cautious and diligent, right? You're going to see a lot more hand sanitizers. You're going to see mask wearing. You're going to, you know, look for folks to be socially distant as far as the seating manifest is concerned. And so those are the things that, um, you know, I think have worked pretty well at the Betty and in the Ralph. And so, you know, it's, it's literally a game by game proposition to some degree, but uh, at the end, that's all to have the game played. And, And I think that if you're gonna say what's the principle by what every day we walk into is what are we doing so that we can have competition, so that you can you know, call games, right? And so our, our student athletes can play games and and our fans can watch games. And so I think that, that's it in a, in a nutshell. And until we get kind of, maybe uh, in, again, depending on, we can use a baseball analogy. I don't know what inning we're in of the pandemic right now. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but let's pretend we're in the seventh, somewhere in mm. that range. I, I, until we get done with the ninth inning Um and it gives, it feels a little bit more normal. I, I think some of those extras, if you will, you know, we've, we've, we've tapped the brakes on.
0: That's the mindset that is important. Again, it's putting the important things first, first things first here. And it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, tailgating won't be able to happen on the premises. And it's, it's things that maybe some of, you know, the, the fans won't be out in the, in the capacity numbers that we've seen in recent years, of course, but at the same time, those things are ancillary you know it's about the student athlete experience and the opportunity to play and hopefully our fans again continue to recognize that and if you can't make it out or don't don't get a ticket you can't be one of the four thousand people that are there in attendance again games will be on tv and um we've been we've been very lucky with midco that we've been sort of granted you mentioned how the game comes first we've been able to sort of be a part of that game so we'll still have cameras on the sidelines distanced away from where the coaches box are of course but the fact that we're able to still do that and get great looks for the replay crew as well, but of course for folks at home, that's going to help make the experience positive and it won't feel so foreign if you can't get out there and be in person and you have to watch at home for the first time in a long time. I was really happy that we were able to to do those sorts of things coming up this weekend and during the course of the home season.
1: Those are all conversations that we've had. And and I think part of it is, um, and, and it really it's a good segue, Alex, into uh, we're going to have our second indoor track meet this week but again a UND owned facility so no fans there but again we're going to stream this again and mm-hmm. I think that's important because not only we're we having the game but how can we then bring the games to others right and so I think that was a conversation we had you know in regards to let's just say midco cameras and what does that look like well I think during this time frame, we've got to be really thoughtful on how we can continue to deliver, you know, this experience, not only to the uh, to the participants, but actually the folks that really want to watch the participants play as well.
0: You mentioned track and field, the big indoor meet coming up for them this week. They came off a meet in Brookings last week, in which we had a new school record. Lucy Steinmeier in the indoor four hundred, who's the defending Summit League indoor champion. Broke the school record by a considerable distance. She went a second and a half behind her old personal best. 54 Bill. That's the top 50 time in the world this year. I wanted to make sure we get that in at the top because that's pretty cool. We want to give Lucy a shout out for all of our friends overseas. Again, Lucy's from Germany. We get a ton of people from Austria and Germany watching the last home meet. You know they're going to be tuning in in spades coming up this weekend to see what she could do in, uh, in her follow-up meet after that performance last week at Brookings.
1: Pretty impressive, huh? I mean, I, you know, that, that that's a sport, as we've said, boy, the, the numbers don't lie, right? I mean, d- that's it. That's, that's what you got. And, uh, and, and good for Lucy. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, I love track and field. I just want to make sure. Everybody's listening to hear more about hockey and basketball and everything else, but we got to get that in there. Way to go, Lucy. Uh, speaking of which, let's rewind now for a little bit back to this past weekend that was, and it was a busy one, of course, as you mentioned, two games for hockey against Denver, four games for the men's and women's hoops teams against South Dakota. Hockey gets a huge sweep. You know, men's basketball gets a huge sweep. Women's basketball, I mean, played USD as close as anybody has this year outside of South Dakota State in game one, and then came up a little bit short in game two. But a pretty good weekends in terms of home events, Bill, for all three of those programs.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I, I agree with you. And you knew, I, I thought, it, start. let's start on the ice, is, you know, you were going to get Denver's uh, absolutely, you're always going to get, everyone's best shot let's start there but denver i think this was kind of their last weekend to say hey look they pull off a sweep they they could be back into uh that at large sort of conversation to some degree. And so that was a challenging, and obviously going into the game, we'd already split with them. So we know how, uh, you know, difficult of an opponent they are, regardless of what their record is going to be. They're incredibly talented. And so, uh, you know, I thought it was important that, you know, we got off to, a, a you know, a, just a, a great start on Friday night. I thought I thought Adam was outstanding in goal. Uh, uh, you know, that was as good a game as I, I think I've seen him play maybe in his career here I mean I there was one game in Kalamazoo he was outstanding as well but yeah and not that he hasn't had a lot of outstanding mean, but this one seemed like a, even a cut above <laughs> than what he he normally has done and that helped tremendously into the next night and you're always going to get a push right you're going to get a push from From the team that's lost, and and that's where I thought it was impressive. Our men's basketball team sort of withstood that push, even though it came late huh, in the game uh, on Sunday. And uh, you know, it was one of those games where we had to sort of make a play at the end, a play or two or a free throw or two. And we were going to get that one done and which we did. And so uh, um, it was exciting. And you're right. The women uh, gave South Dakota all they wanted uh, on, uh, on Saturday. And uh, unfortunately, you know what? Uh, missed free throws and you know potentially in transition a couple couple opportunities we had and you know who knows what happens uh in that game but i think gives them a level of confidence uh going down to omaha this week and uh you know let's face facts you know we need some good results down in omaha
0: Let's take these three sort of one at a time and zoom out a bit. For hockey, obviously, the pair of wins, 3-0 and 5-2 over Denver, has them in the driver's seat for another Penrose Cup. It's four games left, and they're all against Omaha. By the way, next week is going to be Omaha week, as both basketballs and hockey are playing Omaha, some here in Grand Forks, some down in Baxter Arena. But eh, a fun wrinkle for your next weekend. Hockey, though, if you get a sweep, but again, sweep or not, two more wins, period. And it's another regular season championship for North Dakota.
1: Yep, at forty-four points right now. I've got to get to 50. fifty. is the number right now. If you 50 like, is the number. right? Yep. Fifty's the number. And so, uh, however you get there in the next four games, fifty's the number. So, uh, yeah, I um, we've put ourselves in a good position. That's for sure. Uh, but. That's just it we We're only in position right now. that doesn't do much for you until you take advantage of the position and uh we've got a really good Omaha team coming in and then obviously still have to play them uh two additional times after this weekend so uh it it'll be um it'll be a challenge for sure and uh but exciting nonetheless uh you know it kind of feels like amazingly you know we're a year later almost to where we were last year. It's just uh it's just been odd, huh? I mean it's just I, I don't know else to say it. I mean we'll we'll forever remember twenty twenty one for sure.
0: Yes, we will. Yeah I don't want to say it's it's like deja vu, but a little bit. I mean it's a little bit like that where you've got the only thing that will be different of course about this right now is last year for hockey it was senior weekend. It was their last home game and they had to win it in regulation to win the Penrose this year I think there is a little bit of that sense this weekend, even though it's not senior weekend, they'll still have one more home game against Omaha in two weeks after this. Again, four meetings against the Mavs in the next three weeks. One of them's down in Baxter and I think you know the team would love to just get the sweep and get it done with and not have to go back down to what essentially has been their home away from home and then win the game down there to sort of lift the cup, etc. But it's, uh, it would be really interesting if it would, did come almost exactly 365 days later. That was on leap day. This would be on February the 20th where you'd have a chance to win the thing. But Bradbury obviously has said over and over again, I talked to him today, we take this game by game. We have a game on Friday. If we win the game on Friday, then we'll worry about Saturday and everything that'll come with that. So they're obviously focused on the next one, not the weekend as a whole. We can focus on the weekend as a whole. It would be awesome if they could pull it off again and win another conference title. It'd be their fourth, of course, the most in the NCHC era in in eight years. You've won half of the regular season titles since the league was formed in 2013. That's not too bad. Be a nice little thing to have.
1: Yeah. I I mean, uh, banners are good. Um, and so, uh, (laughs) you know, I, we enjoy banners, but the, uh, you're right. Uh, we've got a pretty hot team coming in and they they are uh, fighting for, you know, a, a, a certainly an opportunity for, uh, you know, some pretty good things potentially postseason. And so uh, we'll have our hands full on Friday for sure. You know, um, went down to Baxter, you know, a few weeks ago and split. So uh you know, and, and, and you'll know the stats better than I will, but it seems like that's, we've done a lot of that with Omaha in, in recent, in recent times.
0: Yeah. Lots of splits. It, it's hard to sweep. The Omaha has never won a series against North Dakota, but North Dakota hasn't swept Omaha very often in recent seasons. It's that travel partner deal. They play each other four times every year, in this case, six. There's a lot of shared history between the two programs with different players that have mm-hmm. seen their fathers play for North Dakota that are now playing down there. Taylor Ward, of course, the first that comes to mind, who's leading Omaha in scoring this year. It's it, it's a fun rivalry that has really blossomed uh, since Dean Blaze took over as coach and now followed up with Mike Gabinette. And they should be a couple of fun games. And uh, the Ralph should be rocking on Friday and Saturday. And we're excited to have those games live on Midco Ascent as well. And that's an Omaha team too, as you mentioned. They're coming off a sweep of Colorado College and they still have Penrose Cup aspirations. If they do what they would like to do win three or four against North Dakota, they will probably be Penrose Cup champs, depending on what happens with St. Cloud State and Minnesota Duluth. So they still have that carrot dangling in front of them as well. And that's a, that's a program that's never won one here in their, in their history. So a lot at stake for both teams coming up this weekend on the 19th and 20th.
1: No question. No question about it. And Well, we might as well stay right there in, in hockey because obviously uh, a unique opportunity for us at the Ralph here in a few weeks.
0: Let's talk about that, because that is news since we potted last two weeks ago. Uh, It was announced on Monday of this past week, so a little over a week ago, that the REA and Grand Forks will be hosting the entire NCHC postseason. What an awesome thing for the community of Grand Forks and for the University of North Dakota and Ralph Engelstad Arena. Talk about how this came about from your chair, Bill, and all the logistics involved with hosting this eight-team tournament over a span of five days.
1: Yeah, lots of conversations, Alex. about how to handle the postseason. That that has been going on for about the last month uh, in our weekly meetings. And you know, we had on the calendar, of course, you know what we've normally done in the past, which is you know four sites and uh, best two of three, and and then go go to St. Paul. But I think with uh, the concept of St. Paul really not necessarily being an option this year, we had to kind of rethink what the postseason was going to be. So we were in conversations uh, prior to, let's just say, the Big Ten in Hockey East announcing what they were going to do. And it just ironically was very similar to what the conversations we were having about how do you maybe get in and get out in the quickest way possible, but still give the teams an opportunity to participate in a tournament format. Um, That was the key, right? It it, it really all goes back down to competition again, right? It goes back down to competition (laughs) and participation. And then how do you do that in in this COVID time environment? And it, it turned into, well, let's go to a place um, and then, you know, let's let's figure out who it would be again uh, and then have the conversations. And very similar to, you know, pre-pod, you know, we had a, those conversations and away you go. And so uh, our, our friends uh, here in Grand Forks, our, the city, um, you know, just C V B, obviously Jody and I and his team and our team worked, uh, you know, pretty hard on trying to put together what we thought was, you know, the, the best reason. Reason why uh, you know, the, 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 the tournament should come to Grand Forks. And fortunately enough, uh, we were selected. And uh, and ever since that happened, uh, we've been going about 100 miles an hour right now trying to, uh, to put the best uh, foot forward and give the best experience possible to uh, all the teams that are coming.
0: Friday, March the 12th, and Saturday, March the 13th will be the quarterfinals. Again, the top two seeds will play on Friday. Th- seeds three and four will play Saturday against the 5-6. And then there'll be a day off, and then Monday will be semifinal day, and then Tuesday will be the championship. And it's going to be exciting. CBS Sports Network will carry the semis and finals as they always do. And nchc.tv will have the quarters. It's going to be awesome to see these games in person. The format change will make this tournament a little more interesting, a little different than normal. No best of three series anymore. You get a one-off. There's no home ice advantage for those top seeds as well. So really last line change is the only benefit you get being seeds one through four. UND of course will have a little home ice advantage, which which helps, but it's going to really flatten the playing field a little bit. And as we saw in the pod, you know, there were, there was a sense of most of the games sort of went to form, but there were a lot of upsets. Colorado College beating Duluth and Miami shutting out Denver. It, it was not shock all the way through, and this maybe will have a similar feel come the middle of March.
1: Well, it's going to have a regional feel to it.
0: Yes, yes.
1: It's, you That's know, a great way to put it. It's going to have a regional feel, and it's going to get you prepped for the school, schools that are going to be fortunate enough to make the NCAA tournament. This is exactly what you deal with, right? And yeah. at, at the end, um, absolutely, uh, one through eight, when we say anyone could beat anyone, that is an accurate statement. And so uh, you, we're, we're dealing with all game sevens.
0: <laughs> it's the fun part about tournament time when you come down to it. Single elimination, You know, win or go home. And for for a lot of for the bottom half of the league, it really will be go home. Like your season will be done. The top half would all hope to yep. continue on that season in the postseason in the NCAA's, and you would think so the way the, way the resume shakes out. But you don't know. You don't know what the committee's going to decide. So you'd like to go as far as you can and just win the whole thing and lock up that automatic berth
1: just to take the doubt away. This is like the complete year where you know uh, it's just going to be so challenging for the committee because it really just isn't about records and uh you know it's just going to be really really challenging they're going to have a a a really difficult job trying to assess how do you compare teams with literally no connectivity i mean i how many non-conference games were there this year a handful you know, I think I can remember Quinnipiac, I think, played Bowling Green. I, I mean, I mm-hmm. there, was, there, there was just a couple, but at the end of the day, everyone's been very insular in their conference. So really what you're doing is it's the eye test to say, well, you know, I think that conference is maybe at a higher level than that conference this year. And so it's going to be challenging.
0: As an athletic director, Bill, obviously we, we've heard Josh Fenton talk about what he would like to see in terms of. The criteria for the NCAA using past NCAA tournament success, you know, past participation from the different conferences. Do you have any any type of input or any any? Do you have the ear of anybody at least on the committee to say, hey, what about this? Talk talk about that perspective.
1: Well, I I, I think that was a really good thought process that Josh had, and I don't necessarily. <laughs> I, I I think I subscribe to that to to some degree. I, I, it's what coming up to March kind of late <laughs> in the game to kind of put that process in place at this point. I think I, I think we're going to be staring at the good old fashioned eye test. Yeah. I mean, I, because nothing has been said, I have to assume that's what it is. Now I will say this is, is our, our program, program the last couple of years now have done just a whale of a job at home, right? I mean, so 25 of the last 26 at home. And, you know, that's, a, that's pretty heady stuff.
0: They'll play three of the next four inside that building, plus the quarterfinals, and then if if you keep winning, semis and finals in the tournament. So good things to look forward to from a hockey perspective, starting again this weekend against Omaha and then continuing on into March with the NCHC postseason all taking place at the REA. Postseason just around the corner now for men's and women's hoops. Those programs just have two games left before the Summit League tournament. For the men you touched on it, great sweep of South Dakota who was leading the league going into this weekend. What a way to send out your lone senior, by the way, Ben Tupanoam who scores a career high twenty-five on Friday or on on Saturday, excuse me, twenty-two on Sunday. They looked fantastic all weekend against a really good South Dakota team that had started the year nine and zero. Bill,
1: yeah, I, you know, uh, you know, each year it's a, it's an interesting journey, and I think all of our teams are in, in this year more than any year in the COVID competition year, where I, you know you'll probably never know how um, challenging some weeks have been, you know, some days and weeks for the programs, but they've forged on both the men's and women's basketball teams. They really have. And, 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 uh, Aside from that one Kansas City game, we've, you know, we've, 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 uh, we've checked the boxes, right, as far as playing games. And uh, it was exciting to see Ben to, you know, put on a, a tremendous performance over the weekend. And, you know, it's just part of maturation of sometimes teams. They come in and, you know, it seems like he's been a, a link or a spark that has helped the entire team, you know, both from a both an offensive, a defensive standpoint and certainly from an energy standpoint.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah, since the North Dakota State Series, he's been phenomenal. He's been in the starting lineup and is making plays. And that was the guy that didn't play much, really not much last season. Um, had, was a starter a bit as a sophomore, but kind of saw those minutes go up and down. And now this year, same thing. Didn't play a whole lot at the start and has just made the most of his opportunity. It was special talking to Paul Sather after the game on Sunday on live television and see him get so emotional talking about how proud he was, not just of Bensu, but of of a lot of those guys. Ethan Imbonigo, who was a role player the last couple of seasons, who now is a starter and has made a big difference. You could go down the list. Guys that have just put in the work, stayed positive, been great teammates, and now are getting rewarded as UND gets back to 500 and, and sees themselves obviously in prime position to not just make the sum of the tournament of course but to be a player and maybe make it back to a championship game or go one step further Awesome to see that emotion spill out of a guy who was just so proud of his group.
1: Yeah, and you know we've got obviously the two games down in Omaha where you know it's been a real challenge against uh, the Mavericks. They they've they've really kind of taken it to us over the last uh, several years. And so you know I I don't care what their record says. I I I I know we're we're going to have our hands full. But I'll be interested, Alex, on how our team responds. It, you know, it, it it will it'll be really fascinating. Um, I, I was. In- really impressed on sunday on the response and then i i'll see if if you know you can kind of continue to add on to it right and so uh it'll be it'll be fun weekend uh coming up and uh uh, but you're right all of those guys have kind of stuck with it if you will and it it makes you it does make you proud i mean it's the reason why you do it sometimes right i mean it's it's like like sometimes it doesn't come easy and it's hard and you know sometimes you get the benefits later on and in it in and, and, and if you if you don't give up, um, I don't know, may, you know, maybe you make a, a, an awesome run.
0: North Dakota sits 7-7 seven seven in conference now on the men's side. It's unique when you look at the standings because, again, it's going by conference win percentage. South Dakota State has played a couple of less games because of COVID cancellations. Same story with Kansas City. You just don't really know, again, how the next two weeks are going to shake out. But right now, again, UND pretty safe right in the middle. They've locked themselves into at least a berth in the Summit League tournament and will probably finish somewhere between 5th and 7th. Maybe you creep up a little bit, but either way, they're going to have a seat at the table uh, come the middle of March down in Sioux Falls. So that'll be a lot of fun for the men. The women on the flip side still certainly battling for for a spot in the summit league tournament if they play like they did though on saturday against south dakota a team that had won 24 consecutive summit league games before losing a couple two weeks ago to south dakota state if they play like they did against the yotes in that first game they're going to be just fine moving forward and could really make some noise down in Sioux falls in the summit league tournament
1: yeah i, I would agree with you alex um Let's face it. South Dakota and South Dakota State have done a tremendous job over the last several years, and uh, and you know when you get a when you get that large bid out of the Summit League in basketball, that's saying a whole lot. So that that's exactly where they are. And you know South Dakota was coming off of two losses uh, to South Dakota State, and and that's not a. Uh, how should I say something that they have been too familiar with in the summit league play and to get that team on Saturday after a week of preparation, it just shows you how close we were and how close we actually could be. Um, And now again, I I get it. uh, We're we're bottom line oriented and should be um, for sure. But I'll tell you, our, our team keeps scrapping. They keep fighting. And, um, you know, I was proud of their effort over the weekend. Uh, we just uh, we got to continue to, to battle here and uh, and play it through here at the end of the, the, the uh, you know, this upcoming weekend. But, you know, it, it, pulling our, uh, I guess, inner either Brad Bradbury or, or Bubba Schweiger one game at a time. It, it's Friday in Omaha. And let's see what we can do down there. It's not
0: quite a summon League tournament decider. Like, if whoever wins or comes out of that series successful will guaranteed to be in. Because Omaha still has a couple of more games after the fact. But if UND wins a pair down in Baxter, again, win percentage-wise, I'm not 100% sure how it all works out. But you would sure think you got the tiebreaker head-to-head. You, that would put UND up to four conference wins. They would almost be guaranteed. To be back in the summer league tournament but again it's such a wonky year who the heck knows if they go and take care of business they should be in pretty good shape i do want to ask it's always tough when you have job postings and that kind of came out on friday that the women's basketball head coaching position now that that posting is is now open talk about the process of going about this because this was a process that began really Nearly a full calendar year ago, and now it's just beginning again. Now that the pandemic is starting to loosen a little bit, and you're starting to look ahead to next season.
1: Yeah, it was uh you know just strange because it was last March uh, that you know the pandemic hit, and if we all uh, rewind the clock to to March, those first few weeks into April, I think as a country we were trying to uh, you know figure out what's our standard operating procedure on a day to day basis. I mean, I I, I mean. A, at that point in time, I don't, I don't even think we had heard of Zoom, so to speak, uh, you know, or at least I had. And and so, you know, those are some of the things uh, that were occurring at that point. And, and at that stage, we felt it was the right decision um, to, uh, to have uh, Mallory uh, take over on an interim basis, it, all with the thought process that at the conclusion of this year, that, w- you know, we would do a search. And so that's exactly what we're doing and, uh, um, And so from a process standpoint, so that you can get things going, uh, at the conclusion of our season, you actually have to back it up a little bit and to satisfy, you know, our human resources, uh, um, requirements as far as getting it out on the quote unquote street, right. Um, it it was kind of a mid February to kind of start that search in earnest, uh, at the conclusion of our basketball season.
0: Mallory Bernhardt's done a great job as the interim head coach this year. I know, like you said, it's a bottom line business and they've only won two games, but you can see the fight that the kids have shown from the start. You know, Mallory's been with the program for a long, long time. And I think that the respect I think that she's earned amongst fans who already, I think, had a ton of respect for her from her playing days to her seven years as an assistant, I think has only increased this year. And so... Um, I think people need to know that this doesn't mean that the, the program is necessarily moving on from Mallory. There's still an opportunity for her to apply and be a part of this process. Uh, and I think you've been very transparent that this hasn't necessarily been about wins and losses in this wonky year where they've only played with seven girls in different games and have had to reschedule contests last minute and all this stuff. It's been such a crazy year. I guess that that that's always been my read that she would certainly still be a candidate. Is that an accurate statement, Bill?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the same thing uh, that I probably said to Tom Miller is a, is a fair a fair assessment. Uh, it's always up to I'll call it the candidate. be a candidate i mean Mm -hmm. if you if you're someone that that wants a position in life the one about the only thing you can can control is if you want to be part of the process and so really that is up to the candidate itself um but i think for the good of the the program uh we certainly owe it to the program to to make sure that that we do do a search and uh you know in whomever is a part of it. We will certainly, uh, you know, do our best to uh, figure out who who that right person at the right time uh, could and should be. And uh, and, and, and I'll say this, I, I'll say this, uh, you know, maybe broadly and just, you know, again, talking about this year, I, I, lots of things ha- have gone on and you, I think, the one thing that we did as a program, and as it pertains truly in hockey, basketballs, in the basketballs, because those are the first three sports that got going again, and it became a, you know, uh, certainly a, a, it was um, challenging in a sense that. You were working through how do you do this thing and how do you go travel? and how, But the one thing those three coaches, and I'll, I'll say this, have done an awesome job of, is they said, if we can play a game, we're going to do everything possible to play a game. And I'll say this. That's not the idea of maybe potentially everyone around the country, having talking having talked to some of my counterparts. That has not necessarily been, I say, the mindset. And so for some people to think that is the prevalent mindset, it might be prevalent around the country, but it's not the only mindset. I, I think I'll call it gamesmanship has come in to some degree in in some areas and um and that always is going to happen when you have competition and wins and losses but i can tell you this between coach barry sather and Bernhard, you know the one thing that they've always said is our teams want to play and i want to give them the opportunity to play and that's what we've done Mm.
0: Yeah. Well said. No, that's good. Good peek behind the curtain about what else is going on around the country. Sometimes we get so focused on what's happening inside our own building. And you kind of need to remember that there are different agendas sometimes around the rest of the, the world, really. So good to know. Good insight.
1: And, and you know, Alex, I, I, I've said this all along, not that we have it right. Mm-hmm. We, we, I, I don't know who has it right. I don't think anyone has it right. I mean, you do what's right for you. That's what you do. Now, whether you, I'll call it opt out or decide not to, those are all decisions that I have zero issues with. I think it's when you have the ability to do certain things and maybe you're choosing to do other things. That that has been a bit challenging for me, (laughs) but I, I will say I've made the decision coming out of this pandemic that any decisions we made was gonna have with the long haul in, in, in store. I, I, I wanted to play the long game and I, I didn't want repercussions down the road.
0: We think things have been done safely in a smart manner. I think that's the, the collective. I, I'm not speaking for everybody, I suppose, but from my perspective and from what I've heard from people that I think UND has done it well. And I think a lot of, a lot of the schools they're working with in the summit and in the NCHC and now in the Valley, et cetera, have also kind of been in that same mindset. And it's been, I think, really good for our community and for people that care about student athletes and their opportunity to go play. And this is a big part of their lives. I think that that has been a really impactful thing for these young men and women and for the families who support them and for the communities that support them. So I would, again, I would say that we've, we've done it right, that this this area has done so. But again, that's just my perspective. We've been lucky
1: in the conferences that we're in. Uh, that's all I will say. Th- those conversations in our, com- uh, uh, have been, I'll say, few, very few in far between, very few and far between. And um, I, And I'm talking more I'll call it 50 state conversation. Sure. And uh, I, I, just when you're in it long enough, you just know enough people and you you hear things and you hear what others are maybe dealing with. And um, we've been fortunate that uh, the leadership of our conferences and, and the states that we're in um, have provided an opportunity um, to be as close to normal as possible as it comes to uh, athletics and you know I think we've done it okay uh, you know again you can go back and you know five years from now you might look back and, and 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 why did you do that or why did you do you know why didn't you do this well everything we were doing was you know while we were in the air at 30,000 feet
0: yeah. It's in real time. As you like to say, you're making decisions in the moment and based on the information you've got. And I think again, so far, the fact that kids have kids have essentially been, been safe and, and you've gotten competitions in, it feels like it's been proven out to be the right strategy. But again... We could talk about this for a long time. I really appreciate your candor and being able to open up about what's going on. Uh, we, a couple more little things to kind of look at as we sort of wrap up the A side of this is we drift into spring sports as well. We mentioned football, of course, who is now a spring, a spring and fall sport, which is getting going. Volleyball, same story in that boat. Again, you kind of almost forget. Oh, that's right. Volleyball's going on. They hosted uh, their first home game in... Gosh, 435 days or something crazy last week against South Dakota. It's just unbelievable. Fun to see again. That team get going again after a nice sweep on the road to the Royal Roberts. You fall to South Dakota. Now you're back on the road. But talk, Jeremiah Tiffin, great to see that team. Back off and running again as we get going here in the spring.
1: Yeah, you, you know, you, you you say that out loud. 435 days. I mean, you know, just to be able to play some games. I mean, that's huge. It really is. And so, you know, that's exciting. And then soccer, soccer, the same thing. We're going to head yeah. to Omaha, and this week is it's it's like Omaha week. And uh, you know, <laughs> Peyton Manning would be proud. It, so at the end of the day. I think we're going to go indoors and actually play. They did that last week uh, against South Dakota State, so that's kind of neat. And for our, you know, for that team to kind of get going is uh, is exciting. And of course, softball, traditional spring sport, that's gotten going, and uh, and then some of our other spring sports will will be uh, happening as well. So, Alex, I will say this. How, how about this? We we can leave this here. How about this? This is maybe a way to end it. I had a senior staff meeting today. And I knew I was waiting for it. Man, those Zoom boxes look glazed. It's just glazed. It's a glazed look because there's just a lot of things happening. And and as I said yesterday in an email I sent to to folks, deep breath. Just take a deep breath because you're just going to have to go a day at a time, a week at a time, a month at a time. And we're going to get through it. But at the end of the day, it's exciting that we have competition.
0: That's what makes this year... And this time of year, ex, you, know, you keep coming back to the word exciting. It's it's challenging and it's tiring, I think, when you're in the middle of all this. And again, I'm sure your staff is exhausted and they're trying to go through all the testing protocols they've been going through the entire year. But the fact that you have gotten to the point now where competitions are happening and it's it's gotta be rejuvenating and uplifting when you see all your hard work that you've been putting in for so long start to pay off and you start to see the fruits of that labor on the field of play. And as a a person that's gotten to know a lot of the student athletes in these various sports and know the coaches, you just have such a sense of pride and happiness for them that you get a chance to, you've been through this 15 month dead period or however long it's been. Again, football's not played since Thanksgiving weekend of 2019. Volleyball was the same story. Soccer has been waiting and been working so hard. Same thing with volleyball. Like all these sports that saw their seasons in the fall get wiped out. It's so much fun to see them be able to do what they love to do now in competition again. It's it's a really cool time of year for sure. And it's going hopefully only going to happen ever once. Hopefully this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but we're going to cherish it and enjoy it as it comes.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you, you know, you love history as well, and especially sport history, and we talk a lot about it. But, you know, if you look back into record books sometimes, you see, you know, like, let's like just say, like an all-star game, not played, you know, due to war or not played in – we're living through not played and that's what we're living through. And so, you know, just to get to the games, you know, it has been almost a win in itself. And, and that, I guess, and it, it maybe doesn't sound, it sounds crazy when you're talking about you know competing and trying to win games and, and those types of things, but literally to get to the competition has been uh, for us a feeling of uh, I'll call it satisfaction because it's exciting that we're there. And then of course you wanna do all the things you do when you're playing games, but uh, but it's been exciting.
0: Yeah, well, lots of competition coming up this weekend. Most of it against Omaha. Again, if you're keeping score, hockey, men's basketball, women's basketball, soccer, and volleyball, all playing Omaha sometime between Friday and Monday. And a lot of those games have huge consequences when it comes to postseason accolades. So be sure to tune in and stay connected with what's going on. If you can't watch on TV, watch online. Keep posted on the UND website and on UND Twitter, et cetera, to find out what's happening with those sports. And enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy Hawks-Mavs weekend. It's going to be great. Absolutely. It should
1: be good. We got to flip to the B side. We got, well, our soccer teams are struggling
0: on my rundown today bill underneath the b side i have bad soccer teams as my heading and and that that about sums it up i don't know uh i don't know how far back you want to go with spurs i mean liverpool have just looked awful lately and they, again all these teams look just kind of jaded at this point in the year they are burnt out they've been playing a lot of competition over the last however many months after a really shortened off season You know, if you want to look specifically at this past weekend, I mean, your boys got just waxed by Manchester City in a game where they just were never in, and Liverpool were up one nothing and looking pretty good, and then all of a sudden, just a horrible little ten minute stretch at the end of the game when they lose three one
1: to Leicester. What's going on right now with our EPL teams, Bill? So I was uh, I was balancing all the all the games we talked about here at the uh, at the Betty and the Ralph, <laughs> my son had a couple of hockey games in town as well so i i was i was i was i had a few things going on as well, like we all do and um so I recorded the Tottenham game for the i, I and I had texted my son and I said, we'll be lucky if we get out of this." three nothing right and that was exactly right so i did (laughs) call it it was and and so i just promptly when i did get home late that day i just hit delete because there was no reason to watch that i I saw where the first one was a pk perfect that's exactly what they do and so um you know so i'm going to go broad on you right now so here, here's where I'm at right now because I need to. Uh, yeah, Liverpool. I have no idea what's going on with them, other than injuries have caught up to them, in my opinion. And, and, and they just have been so good for so long that they're just valleying out a little bit. But they're gonna, they're gonna peak back up. They're too good not to, in my opinion. They're, they'll be one of four. Uh, I, they'll be one of four. Man City will be one of four. Um, I guess Man U in Leicester seems pretty solid. And then, uh, so I think if you told me what could be success for Tottenham this year, here's what I would take right now. Here's what I would take. Please. I would take a 10th place finish. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I would either take a 10th place finish, find a way to somehow beat Manchester city in in the Caribou Cup final, yep, mm-hmm. League Cup final coming up, mm-hmm. and then make a run in Europe. Hmm. I would take that. Like like I I would say if he could make like he's going to have to figure out how he manages his roster right now between the EPL and Europe. Because I think you can get through the next round. That's round of 32. But once you get into 16 and below, he's going to have to think through, like, if he's playing someone on the weekend in in the league, I I, I think you're going to have to make a choice where you want to load up right now. And if they ever can make a run in Europe, you do get an automatic Champions League bid. That's their only way, literally, for them this year to get a Champions League bid.
0: You're not wrong. Yeah, I would say right now you almost have to abandon abandon the league because you mentioned a 10th place finish would be nice. They're a 9th right now. I, I obviously, it's still tight. I mean, they really are... Kind of, sort of, within touching distance on thirty-six points, you could sort of make a run. They're six points back yeah. of Chelsea. They have a game in hand of that final Champions League spot. But realistically, Chelsea's like on—they're on,
1: going crazy. They're, they're too. playing great. They're yep. playing great. Yep. Four, so four
0: uh, wins in a row under two. Cool. You know, yep.
1: I, to me, the the high level mark for them, I think, if the, the five teams we just mentioned there, they're not going by those five teams. So really, it's sixth. Sixth place is the high water mark for them, right? Because Liverpool, the two Manchester's. Leicester and chelsea not going by them not
0: yeah not. When you've lost four of your last five yeah it's tough but they just, they,
1: they have a big yeah. one sunday against west ham so uh that that one that you know again they'll probably tie i mean that's what will happen <laughs> it, it, it'll be it, it'll it be a 2-2 tie and they'll have been up 2-1 or 2 nothing. yeah that's how that will go
0: it's uh it's just, yeah, it's been a weird year. West Ham, who you mentioned, they're in, they are in—they were in fourth place the other day. Now, Chelsea has moved past them uh, in the standings, or at least their level, I suppose. Goal difference is, is the difference there. But it's just a wonky year. And for Spurs, yeah, you play Wolfsburger uh, this, this week in the Europa League. Not Wolfsburg, but Wolfsburger uh, from the Austrian League. And then, yeah, the Carabao Cup Finals coming up in late April. So a long time between now and then to sort of ramp up. A lot of people are calling for Jose to be fired, but it would cost the team like 38 million pounds if they let him go right now. So that's pro- that's probably not going to happen. It's it's just uh, it's one of those things. I will say I'm uh, I'm proud of you for still keeping out hope that good things can still happen. Again, same thing with Liverpool. Obviously, the title challenge is gone. City are seven points clear of anybody, and they have a game in hand, and they've won however many in a row and look dominant. Liverpool have to put all their eggs now in the Champions League basket and you hope you can win that competition. They, when, you, when you listen to this, you'll already know they play Leipzig today in the first leg of a Champions League round of 16 knockout tie. So we'll know if Liverpool are completely adrift in that competition as well as you listen to this. But that's got to be what you, uh, you go for. Because now at this point, you have to be a specialist. You almost have to throw away a competition here or there and focus on one thing because some of them have already gone by the wayside and, you got to put your bags in, in one basket.
1: Yeah, what's happened with, with, um, with the Spurs has been fascinating to me. Like, I'm not sure how they know how they want to play at this point. Mm-hmm. They had a little bit of a, a run where it looked like they were a pretty good counter team, and they were pretty locked down defensively. But, man, you can pick them apart pretty easily right now. And, and it's just a matter of time between, before they're going to pull you down in the, in the penalty area. Just just it's just a matter of time. I mean, you put enough yeah. pressure on that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I don't know if you can play that way if you can't trust that that's not gonna happen. And it's just you can't get down one nothing all the time because you had a PK. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I was at the Liverpool match where uh, where Dyer like hit someone on the ground. It was like silliness. Yeah. It was it was, yeah. I don't even know what that was. I, like he was in the quarter, not good though it quarter, wasn't good That's... Quarter of the box <laughs> and it was like what what is that and like yeah. there's like a ninety eight percent chance it's going to be one nothing I, I don't get it, I don't get it so i think I think i you know Liverpool you know um what I found interesting and and I really do you know we haven't talked to replay in a long time. But I did like what uh, Jurgen Klopp said after the game. I, I don't know if you caught his comments about uh, about replay. And it was good. You know, he suggested, and again, I think it's back to replay is so hard in a motion sport. And, and, and he suggested because they called whatever goal to make it maybe two to one onside side.
0: It, well, it was it was the one nothing goal. Oh, so, so okay. it was one nothing, okay. and then they so yep, they
1: called it onside. And I think in soccer, the way it all goes is depends upon it's very subjective, as far as when the official says the play has started or is happening, and it and it, it depending on when you say okay, wh- wh- whoever's playing the ball to to whomever it's a subjective time frame as far as when the referee says the ball is being played and he Jurgen said he got that wrong and if you get that wrong that might change whether it's onside or offside and that in and as we all know in a one nothing game it's hard to score that first game goal, especially when the clock starts continuing to tick, right? You break open and you get the one, you almost might get the two. But just to get the one is not easy. And so I just found that fascinating. Like, and it goes back to, to me, like, why do we do replay, right? Why do we do replay? It feels like in and out, over the line, those are different replays than now we're into motion. And, and a lot of subjectivity to then get to the objectivity. Does that make sense?
0: I think so, yeah. It, it's funny that we're talking about this again in soccer because it's been such a huge debate and they've even sort of changed how they've- This year! This year they've changed how they've assessed the laws of the game and they've sort of tweaked some of the rules. Right now this is coming in juxtaposition to what's happening at the Australian Open where they have taken away lines people and they have gone solely to Hawkeye technology to decide whether a ball is in or out. And it's the first time they've done this in a grand slam. And you've always said always tennis is really why? the only sport. Why,
1: why would they have lines people there?
0: <laughs> exactly. Tradition, I suppose. But they've, but they've eliminated had, but them.
1: haven't we had some issues before with lines people to some degree? I mean, oh, sure. you know what I mean? Like you put yeah. another human in the court of court area all you're doing is increasing variables. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to come out of this, I think, pandemic competition is that how do we continue to reduce variables?
0: People seem to like it in Australia. It, a, a number, the number of missed calls have been essentially, they're down to like one or two that people have questioned. Because again, it's, a, it's an in or out and it's a ball and it's, a, it's a, a laser that is telling you whether or not the thing hits beyond it or not. It will be... One of those things to monitor as we
1: move forward, So this is going to become the norm. So why wouldn't that be the case for balls and strikes? Fair point. Well, I mean, we, I mean I, again, tradition, human. If we're going to have humans officiate games that are really hard to officiate, but try to take the human element out of it, I'm not sure what we're trying to accomplish you know it's no different than basketballs at the end of the game ba- basketballs we go to the monitor so much that I-, I think we just re-officiate each last 2 minutes because we know the monitors there yeah so we have to make a call we make the call <laughs> and then we go figure out whether or not it's the right call and that's i guess where we're at
0: certainly makes the game a lot longer. kind of sucks out some of the uh, emotion of the thing down the stretch. And then, yeah, you're going to get the right call, hopefully, most of the time with the aid of the monitor. But maybe it takes you three, four minutes to do so. And sometimes, yeah, you just wonder. I think we've always said this. In some sports, replay makes perfect sense, and they've got it right. And in others, it just seems like, what are we even doing? And <laughs> and that can be the case sometimes.
1: Well, football, like foot in, foot out, I think – kind of that that to me that, those are different buckets right those are yeah. different mm-hmm. buckets it, but because
0: that's it's subjectivity versus objectivity that's right that's opinion right opinion versus
1: fact now you start getting into the frame by frame and eric martinson and i talk about this all the time because you know he he does the officiating thing on the ho- on the hockey side he's he's quite good by the way but at the end of the day <laughs> you know you start talking about frame by frame versus doing it in real time. That's a whole nother conversation. So I didn't mean to go down this rabbit hole, but I thought that, that his comments were extremely fair afterwards. And, and, you know, he's had a little wine to his game this year, to some degree, you know, he doesn't like when you guys are playing and Saturday afternoons and blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is, you know, and it's kind of irritated our, our household a little bit, I'll be honest with you. But then again, (laughs) you guys have, it crushed us every time, so there's not much we can say, but, even though I'm saying it. So at the end of the day, um, Jurgen, I think, was right, though, on this one. And he said it very matter-of-factly and in a way that makes a whole lot of sense. He's a smart guy. He's a really, like He's a really smart guy.
0: Really smart guy. He's having a tough year. Um, his mother passed away recently yep. back home in Germany, and he couldn't go home to be at the funeral. And I think that that has been sort of another you know brick in this wall of yep. a tough season you know yep. and, and so you just you feel bad for him and feel bad for the team like everybody everybody's going through he's, he's a human mm-hmm. being i think a lot of times like you just sort of forget right. the people that were watching on tv or the people that were watching inside an arena aren't just athletes slash robots they're people and they have lives yeah. and they have family and they have friends and it's easy to forget that sometimes and so anyway i, I my heart goes out to him. i hope they can improve they've been a tough watch lately It was hard. They were played on 6.30 on Saturday morning against Leicester, and I was up getting ready for the basketball games and had it on in the background. And you just, your heart... They had a, such a beautiful first goal. Not to go through this. Bobby Firmino had an unbelievable like back heel flick pass and Sala gets it within his feet and curls one around. Casper Schmeichel for the opener. And you feel so good. Like, all right, they're back in it. And then they just sort of lose their heads down the stretch after getting thumped by Man City the week previous. And it makes you sad. But again, we're going to keep cheering and supporting and, and then deleting awful 3 nothing losses and not even <laughs> not even bothering to watch. If I, were- I was with you. I didn't even bother to watch the Man City game. Like, why not? I saw the scoreline like, nope, good, never mind, if I, I if I were there.
1: if I were Liverpool, I would be very sad that you're not playing Tottenham anymore this year.
0: I wish we could play Spurs every week.
1: We always seem to
0: get up. We always seem to get up for that one, but yeah, it's you, all good. yeah,
1: that's a good way of putting it. I I never because I watch a lot of Liverpool matches. It, they seem to never miss against the Spurs.
0: I don't know how many in a row it's been, but it, I want to say at least since. Man, I mean, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. I, I mean, agree. it's been a couple of years where they've they've always. And some of the games have been close, and there have been some draws. There was a one one a couple of years ago. They, they've been competitive, but it seems more often than not. And the first they one this year way. was a
1: late goal. The late goal. Yep. Uh-huh. And, I mean, so yep. that We're, was actually a good match. Win. And and in the final in the Champions League, we've rehashed that before, but that was mm-hmm. fairly mm-hmm. close. Just really not a great game. But uh, at the end of the <laughs> uh, well, just for the spectator, right? Aesthetically. Yeah. Ugh it wasn't great. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I, uh, okay. So last thing, last question, and then we'll end here is, and and I do believe you're right. I think Mourinho is through this whole year for sure, because I, 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 I think for the financial reasons that you mentioned, but let's pretend they do part ways in the summer who, Who would be a natural thought process for them? Like, I don't know managers that well. You know them way better than I do.
0: If I was going to pick, so the people that are hot prospects right now in the world of football, you know, honestly, Julian Nagelsmann, who is the RB Leipzig coach, who has moved up from Hoffenheim to Leipzig now and is probably ready for the next big club. He's a young guy that has this very similar Klopp-esque Klopp-esque type style of pressing that's nuanced. He's a name that's sort of getting a little bit of run out there. Um, obviously, <laughs> Pochettino was the hot name <laughs> amongst anybody outside of Spurs. And then obviously, he was snapped up by PSG, who were playing in the Champions League, of course, this week. You know, But Spurs, though, they're not the kind of team that would necessarily bring in a Nagelsmann. And I'm not sure if he would be attracted to join that project. That's what makes Daniel Levy and this ownership group so unique is that they have they've hired. If you look at their history, it's like you know from Tim Sherwood to Andre Villas Boas to a big fish like Mourinho to Potch, who was young and up and coming. They don't really have a type, hmm. and I would think that the constraints, perhaps financially, on them, especially if they let go Mourinho and they have to eat all of that dead money and the stadium issue and everything. I don't know what I really don't know what they will do. Hmm. They uh, they are a unique one that I haven't quite. Figured out just yet, so we'll we'll see where they decide to go. I do not think they will be bringing Jose back for another year, but I do agree with you that they can't take the hit of axing him right uh, now. They'll they'll keep him in and they'll try and win a trophy with him, and then they'll probably part ways in the
1: summer. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal: like um, they can they can get through the rest of it like it almost wouldn't be fair to someone coming in right now like it's it, to some degree just let this year go like there's still some things to play for as i indicated like like literally they can they can make a run in europe they could they could now you know we'll see but uh yeah i i just um i'll be fascinated i do think though they need to play a little bit more pressing style. I, I mean, this this style has been—it's uh, good when you're successful, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's tough to watch when you're not. Whew. And it's not—and it's not been very successful lately. Whew. Turgid, Bill. We'll see if they can turn the screws a bit here midweek against Wolfsburger. Could be the tonic you need.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. Either that or play Marine again, right? So, so at the end of the day. The other one, the other guy that has not been awesome for them is Hugo Lloris. He hasn't been awesome, mm-hmm. and so you know what? You're going to play that style. Hard to give up, hard to give up PKs, and hard to give up some goals that maybe you shouldn't be giving up. Tell
0: me about it. Speaking speaking to a guy who just saw Allison give the ball to Manchester City in the penalty box twice last week, and then run over his own defenseman. <laughs> on a clearance attempt this week, you're right. You need good goalkeeping play. It's important. It's very important. And that's a position where in any sport, if you're a goalkeeper and you lose confidence, it's not good. And we're seeing that at White Hart Lane and we're seeing that at Anfields. And thankfully, we're not seeing that at the Ralph where you got two really
1: confident goalies going for <laughs> That's us right, right. I'm not asking for Joe Hart. <laughs> I'm not asking
0: for (laughs) Joe
1: Hart. So there you go. I'm glad you
0: qualified that because that I think people were going to draw conclusions, Bill.
1: Coming off of Valentine's Day, I'm not looking for Joe Hart.
0: (laughs) 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 That's a good time to quit, I think, for the afternoon. Bill, you're the man. Continued good luck. Best of luck for all your teams against Omaha. The Omaha-North Dakota Derby weekend that's coming up. Thank you so much for listening out there, folks. On behalf of Bill, Cassie Niles, our producer, I'm Alex Seinert. We'll talk to you soon on the next edition of the Build Shapes Podcast.